and today I'm going to be talking to you about how to energize your love life. I hope you're having a great start to your day, your drive, whatever you're doing, and I want you and your significant other to be totally blessed by new energy in the relationship. I have worked with so many couples for over a decade counseling them in Michigan, Illinois, Florida, and I find that they're all so similar in the ways that they are really trying to have things happen for them in a positive way, but just need direction, just need some of the same things, some different things, but anyway, we'll get you going and you'll be in a much more positive place after listening to this. So if you got a chance to listen to my last podcast about recharging your romance, you'll know that you totally need to go back to the beginning on some basics. Like, how were you when you first started out together? If you were bubbly, peppy, organized, then I want you to start focusing in on who you used to be, not just for your spouse, although that's important, but also for yourself. I also want you to check in with one another about how you enjoy being loved best because maybe on this hand, when you got together, you loved looking for butterflies and writing sappy cards to each other and taking picnics and you know the whole thing, um, but now you're actually just like so grateful if your spouse would take the kids out for an afternoon. I know that's how I feel sometimes or if you could just have a movie date or maybe you love to go dancing now and that's a new thing for you guys. Whatever it is, make sure you know because of course you and your spouse are probably not going to be on the exact same page for that. That would be way too convenient, right? Um, but what's important is that you try to do that about once a day to love your spouse in that way. And ideally they're doing the same for you, but if they're not, that you're trained to remember to love yourself at least once a day in one of your love favorite ways, like love language, however you want to put it, that's the assignment from getting that recharge. The other huge assignment that cannot be forgotten about that week is that you were supposed to try to not talk about any problems while you were starting out for about a week, week and a half, up to two weeks, where you're recharging and really allowing yourself to do that. So if you're just picking up on the energized time and you didn't get a chance to recharge, think about those things and do them first and you can then start this up right away too. Because of course, this is awesome as I said, and energizing looks like you at first saying, how much time do we have together per week? Because that's really important to your relationship. Even if you have a light traveling spouse or you guys have a very busy life, Carving out important times to talk and be together and not talk about stress are going to make or break your relationship, trust me. And I want you to know that out of the 115 or so waking hours you have per week, I'm asking that 10 of them be dedicated to no stress relate time. During this relate time, you can talk about whatever you want, whatever pleases you, but do not talk about problems. Do not throw in about your mom-in-law's visit. Don't throw in about how you would really love it if he would do the dishes more. Don't talk about the fact that you can't afford your dream vacation. Just leave that for the other hours of the week, okay? There's 105 left to do that in. I hope you don't use them all for that, but you get my drift. So that's your first assignment when it comes to energizing. And I've got a whole list on my website under date nights at www.reflectionscc.com. And of course, you can make a list of some of your favorite things to do together, even while you're driving or listening right now. Things that you normally would like to do together, but haven't been doing lately because you're pretty sure you or your mate are going to start talking about problems. So just to get you off the hook, 
You can tell your spouse, hey, look, I know we haven't had the best relationship lately, but I want to do some relate time with you where we're not allowed to talk about stress. When would that be good? And the two of you need to plan that out because for some of you, it's mornings before work when you're fresh or a Saturday or Sunday morning. Others of you, it's taking a date night once a week and a couple of evenings a week where you could find 10 hours. Whenever, wherever, I don't care as long as you're getting it. That's super important. And if you're so mad right now that you want to watch movies together and not talk, totally fine. It's best if you can at least be looking at each other or touching for part of the time. But most importantly, it should be time when it's just the two of you if possible. And most of the time, it should be that there's no stressful talk in there at all, really. But once in a while, I know somebody's going to forget. So I'm totally going to be light on you if you forget. But try not to forget. So that's the first part of energizing, keeping that energy current flowing. The next part of keeping the energy current flowing is learning how to talk about your problems. Yep, there it is again. You had a little break. Um, and like I said, take to the end of this week. If you're just enjoying that break, feel free to move on to problem talking next week. But you should know how to talk about your problems. That's only fair, right? A marriage expert talking about how to have a good life and not talking about that? No, not going to work. And plus, the whole topic of energizing would be futile if you started out trying to avoid problems forever and then realized that they snuck back up on you and took all the energy because you didn't have good ways of dealing with it. So we do have to talk about it. But the good news is I'm going to give you some reminders of tools and tips you probably already know but just need to hear one more time. So want you to know that you should know what your current style of relating is when it comes to conflict. Just think about it for a minute. Maybe you're an avoider. Maybe you're a yeller. Maybe you have sort of a passive aggressive style. Or maybe you're a combination and it depends on when it is in the month. Ladies, don't be mad. I'm not talking about hormones. Okay, yes, I am. Um, but guys have hormones too. And you still shouldn't be mad at me for bringing it up. Because sometimes the way you're feeling does affect the way you engage with conflict. So that's just par for the course. We know that. And that's why I'm giving you several different suggestions for how to deal with your stress so that you don't always have to use the same rubric. Okay, so one of the things you can do when you're trying to keep the energy going is, of course, have your relate time for those 10 hours a week. But when you're going back to your recharge and I had you write down your problems or think clearly about your problems or write them into your phone, you need to know how to do that. So... Go ahead and take your easiest problem to discuss, and I want you to try out one of these conflict management techniques this week and see how it works for you. And if it doesn't work that well, think about why it didn't work. Was it you? Was it the other person? Was it a combo? And was it the right technique? So no worries if not. There's always way more things we can do. But one of the techniques is to remember to use eye language so you're not just accusing. For instance, your spouse walks in late and you get irritated and say, you're always late. Well, there's two problems there. One of them is that you didn't say, I, you said you. So it started off with an accusation. Of course, you didn't even ask what was wrong, presumably, to make them late. Maybe they had a flat tire or picked up your dry cleaning. But you also didn't just start out with that I, like I said. You could have said, I'm frustrated because I'm tired and I wondered why you were late. Although that still addresses the conflict, it doesn't address it in quite as negative of a way. The other thing about that statement, you're always late, 
is also frustrating for the person receiving it because the word always is used when most likely what you mean to say is often or sometimes or once in a while. And when we use that always word, it really makes the other person in the relationship feel trapped, like all of the good things they ever did have been forgotten in this moment. And likely they have. So try to remember to use I language and try not to use the words always and never when you're having a conflict. Most of all, give yourself grace because sometimes you're going to mess up and you need to recognize that forgiving yourself is an important part of this too. Now, another strategy for dealing with conflict for the yellers out there is to start out with whispering when you're tempted to scream. If you started a whisper or keep your voice very low, you're not going to be as likely to shout out and be dramatic and say swear words or do whatever ranting and raving you're typically prone to doing when you're really upset. You need to know for starters that when you get your blood pressure up like that and you're so tense, it can take a good 30 minutes to calm down. It's not healthy for you and it isn't showing dignity for yourself or respect for your partner. So I want you to try to take instead a grown-up timeout. Yep, you heard me, a timeout. Not just for kids, but for grown-ups too, where when that's the only thing you can do, you say to your spouse or yourself, if you're just kind of yelling by yourself, um, okay, I'm going to just take a breather um, and then go and do that. And take a shower or lay down, read, check your email, check your Facebook, whatever it takes to go ahead and give yourself that space and time. Then you can reapproach the conflict when things are a little bit better. If you are the type of spouse who doesn't like conflict and you usually run from it, you can still have some control over things. Like if your spouse brings things up at the breakfast table in front of the kids, you can and should say, you know what, I really care about you, but this topic needs to wait till later. That's just being a diligent and healthy family member. Um, If you just say, I don't want to talk about this ever, That really isn't healthy for either of you. So remember to keep the door open on conversations. Many couples find that praying together, stretching together, taking deep breaths on their own or together, or just trying to really say, I love you at the beginning and end of conflict is a great way to do things. Other couples really enjoy writing letters or texts together. I've seen some really cool texting going back and forth between spouses who have anger issues, and it's really fun to see that. One of the most important things you can do, though, and I already talked about this a bit, just repeating it, is to set some good boundaries with a spouse who cannot calm down. If you're dealing with somebody like this, and if they're abusive, you need to get help right away. If they're not abusive, but they're just disregarding you, then it's important to say, I need to take a breather. You're getting a little over the top for me. I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's okay to say that, and if they don't respond well, just leave. It's important that you protect yourself and stay safe no matter where your partner is emotionally. Later that day, you can let them know how much you love them, but that you won't be talked to like that. If you yourself are a really negative person, another important thing you can do is to just take a deep breath several times and try to tell yourself, that you're not going to say anything negative right now. Even when you're so frustrated and you want nothing more than to tell your spouse everything and anything that's on your mind, what you need to do instead, of course, is to say, I'm not going to do it because I am worth more than this. 
I don't have to stay in a negative bad mood right now. I can take care of my own emotional needs. And the truth is, you can. You don't need to or want to rely on your spouse for everything because that's called codependency. One helpful exercise for many couples is for a negative person who's generally, obviously negative, to try to not say anything negative over the course of an entire day to their spouse. You might not recognize that certain things are negative, but they are, such as saying small things like, oh, I woke up with a backache today, or I'm so mad that I hit traffic. Many couples will remark to me, that's not being negative, that's just being a reporter. Yes, that is being negative, because what you're saying is that you're looking at things with the glass half empty, and you're concentrating on that backache even though the rest of the day you felt great or you're thinking about that moment in bad traffic, when in reality is, you could be talking to your spouse about the next fun thing you'd like to do together. So just remember that and challenge yourself without being mean or critical or rude or unforgiving to yourself. Maybe you've had a rough season. I don't want to discount that, but I do want you to know that as you're learning to deal with conflict in a healthier way, if you're finding yourself in a major negative pattern, a very helpful exercise is to be positive for an entire day straight. And I'd love for you guys to tell me what your favorite things to do to reduce conflict are. I've given you several great ideas, but there's so many more to add to that. Taking timeouts, setting boundaries, remembering not to be codependent, remembering to whisper, remembering to use eye language, don't call names, that's never appropriate. If that's in your vocabulary or part of your repertoire now, it goes out the window. This is a fresh sheet of paper, you're ripping it off, and you're starting over on some new conflict strategies. I gave you the first one, which was using eye language, and the whispering, and the stretching, and the praying, and on and on. And you can listen to this track again if you need to. But the important thing to remember is that you're going to need several different tools because times are different for each day, each time of the month, each season, and you need several well-balanced tools to get you through. And most importantly, if you guys feel like laughing or being silly after a conflict, there's nobody who can tell you that you can't do that or shouldn't do that. I don't mind. I'm actually really happy for you to do that. And the best marriage studies tell us that those couples who can laugh even during a difficult conflict do really well together. So go ahead and act however you want. If it's positive after a conflict, don't drag it out and make you you know, feel like, oh, I have to be super dramatic because we had a big fight. That's totally ridiculous. You don't have to do that. Now, if you need the time and space, as I said, it does take 30 minutes to wind down sometimes. And when you just go at it and will not quit, that is not energizing to your love life. In fact, a healthy thing would be for you to say, okay, I need to chill out and have some time. And obviously, we, we feel differently about this issue for now. Maybe we'll come around later. But I'd love to have some relate time later or tomorrow or on Tuesday. And that leaves the, the relationship and the conflict on a much more positive note. Another way of doing that is to, if you're a letter writer, to write it at the end of the email Hey, I, I know that you might not see eye to eye with me on this, but I love you so much and I'm committed to you. The bottom line is when you're trying to energize your love life, you need to remember that the person you're in relationship with feels threatened and maybe even feels abandoned in this big conflict. So it's important to give those attachment phrases a chance. If you're dealing with somebody who's really difficult to be married to 
or to relate with. And maybe they won't do the relate time. They're not loving you in your love language. And you're just really bottomed out, totally just almost flatlining in the relationship. Do not forget your self-care because that's so important. And that is something that you need every single day, no matter what anybody tells you. Because as a Christian, many people recognize that we are called to serve. But the Bible says love others as we love ourselves. And that implies that we love ourselves also. Jesus also was an awesome model for us of knowing how to go away and be still and just have some prayer time. So in your spiritual self-care, which is the most important of all three types of self-care, make sure each day you spend some time with the Lord, whether it be through journaling or worship and praise music or just totally relaxing with Him, thinking about Him, reading the Bible. That's what I want you to really focus on no matter what. The other two parts of self-care are very important, and those are physical self-care and emotional self-care. Each of these things should also be done once per day by you and should be important things that refuel you. So if emotionally you really enjoy working on a favorite project like your scrapbook online or you love to Facebook or you love to knit Make sure you do that because at the end of a long, hard day, or maybe for some of you who work nights at the beginning, this is your time. This is your you time. This is what refuels you even when somebody else isn't. And you're a worthy human being, so you totally need to have some emotional self-care. And that could even look like going out for coffee with a girlfriend or um, playing hoops with one of the guys. It really doesn't matter as long as it's refueling you emotionally. The other parts of physical self-care could be getting enough sleep because you always overdo or trying to get back to working out, which is an amazing goal. And we have other podcasts that will be talking about that, but we definitely want you to pay attention to what your physical needs are. And if they're eating healthier, exercising or sleeping right, then you're on the right track to getting some great energy back personally. The energy that you can get back personally will be reinvested in your relationship And you and your spouse will start having better times together, even just from what you're doing. I can only imagine if your spouse is also trying to get good self-care and trying to love you in the best ways possible and trying to be more like the person you fell in love with, how successful you're going to be. Remember, if you're struggling with conflict management styles, email me at christa at reflectionscc.com and I can give you a more lengthy list. Or you can visit my website at reflectionscc.com and find different articles to help you out with your particular marital struggles. I have so many things to help you, and I also offer you a free gift just for giving us your email. I do in-person coaching sessions. I do phone sessions, Skype sessions, and of course, you can keep tuning into our podcast at Podbean at the R&R Relationship Repair Program podcast series. Thanks so much, and I'll be talking to you soon when we learn all about laughing together in your relationship, which is the third portion of the Relate series. Thanks so much. Have an awesome day. 